Matthew, the 26th chapter, and uh, so thankful. You know, uh, praise God, we had some neighbors move in across the way. So it's a neat story, you know. Before they ever moved in and built on the property there, the property is where we have our directional sign. And I think uh, I've already told you how we got an email from the people who purchased that property. We had looked into the property as well. And uh, I guess, uh, well, anyway, they, um, they sent us an email. And the first line was, we own the property that your church sign is on. And, you know, sadly, because of situations that we have been through many, many, many times over, we, I expected, well, they're gonna, there's a problem. And here this unknown person said, um, you know, just letting you know we own that property now. And we're going to take care of that sign. And we're going to clean up all, the, all the, the, the garbage that's around it. There's a lot of weeds that grow up that I have to go out there with loppers. And some of it's got, like, thorns and things. I do that regularly. Um, and we're going to clean that all up. We're going to probably put some lights on it for you. And just were so kind. And uh, so when they finally did, we saw their house going up. It was a while after the email. And uh, we saw their house going up. And uh, one day, uh, we were, uh, my wife was going by and saw them out in the yard and went and introduced herself to them. And I, uh, I was doing something else that day. And when I got done, she said, uh, hey, guess where I am? And we stopped in and got to meet them. And they came to church, and they're very busy. They're still talking about coming to church. There's some battles. You know how that goes. But they're still talking about coming to church. And uh, we've got together with them a few times in the past few months. And, um, and here just recently, uh, my wife was talking to Susan and said, Hey, uh, my dad, can you guys pray for him? He's a, you know, battling cancer, and he's in a nursing home. Oh, which nursing home? Well, it ends up being the one... We're ministering in only one nursing home in this whole county, really, and uh, and that's the one we have services in. So we've been going into his room and praying or singing for him and talking with him, and and they, he's been in the service already before. And so pray for him. Praise God. What's his name again? William. Pray for William. Amen. The Lord, just work there. We're believing God to do a miracle. Amen. We turn to Matthew 26. God's just doing great things. If you'll let him, if you'll just look around. Amen. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in this house. And, Lord, it's just already been so good, Lord, to be here. But we understand, Lord, it's the word of God that is planted in our hearts that, Lord, changes us and transforms us into what we ought to be. So I'm asking for your anointing that you would just... Lord, speak to us, God, not, not only through the preaching, but the hearing and the doing of your word, Lord. God, bind every power of the enemy that would try to stand against any, any bit of it, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 26, verse 37. It says, He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? 
Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Somebody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. What a powerful and amazing part of the story of the price for our salvation. Amen. Lot, as just about every scripture you'll read, just packed with meaning. How he brings Peter and James and John just a little bit farther. But there was a point, it says, he went on a little bit farther than that even. Because there's just some things, no matter who you are, it's Jesus that went all the way to the cross. Amen. Nobody else could pay that price. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else, praise God, but Jesus. And you see this interaction. You see this prayer meeting. And like I said, it's just so full of meaning. Something that the Lord spoke to me. Um, believe it was Friday morning in prayer that brought this into a clearer perspective for me. That a lot of the lessons and a lot of the meaning that's in this that I, that I look at and I use for my own walk with God, my own battles, my own struggle with this flesh and uh, teaching that how we need to overcome our will and our flesh. Amen? But something very clearly came into my spirit that recognize this portion of Scripture that the greatest act of service that humanity has ever seen, the greatest gift and, and show of love to meet the needs of another in history was this day. And that greatest act of service was preceded by a battle. Was preceded by a battle of will. That in order to show love in this great act of service, in order to meet the needs of others, there was a battle that Jesus, I believe, was showing us to say, this isn't easy for me. This isn't convenient for me. This isn't something that I'm just so blessed and can't wait to be a part of. But if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. So often when I look at the verses that are in this uh, passage, and I think about the battle between the flesh and the spirit, I think about temptation to do wrong. That my flesh is always trying to, 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 to stumble and to go for an, e a, a, an easy way to, that, that, is, that is sinful and carnal. Praise God. But when Jesus was in the garden, He was praying, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but thine be done. There was a prayer meeting the Bible says that was so intense. He said, He wasn't ex exaggerating. He said, I feel like I'm going to die right here. 
It's so heavy upon me what I have to do that he prays and sweats so much. The intensity of that, the Bible says that the, the drops were as, of sweat were as drops of blood. Such intensity in this battle of not my will but thine be done was not over temptation to do something evil or wrong. It was, I know what I have to do to be a blessing, to be a help. Now, none of us are ever going to be able to match that kind of love. Only Jesus could do that. But what I want to tell you today is when God's calling you to service... When God's calling you to bless and to minister and to love and to give, amen, it's not always going to be easy. When you have a true burden to care about somebody else, it's going to cut down into your will. And you're going to fight that. Amen. This intense battle, the idea of this battle in the context was not the temptation to do something wrong per se. Hallelujah. But the battle was, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to equip me? How do you want me to to give myself for the benefit of others? Now, I know we use this so often, as I've already said, to try to say, hey, you might want to fall. You might want to give up. You might want to just just, uh, go back to your old lifestyles and sins. But, hey, it's nevertheless not my will but thine be done, God. Amen. When your flesh wants to cause problems or difficulty, when your flesh wants to mess things up, and you got to say, no, 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 I'm going to crucify that flesh. And that's part of it. We have that all that understanding in the Bible. Hallelujah. And God, God knows. God knows there's people in this house that are fighting that battle right now. It's not my message, but I, I, I feel pressed to have to say that some of you know better than what you're doing. Some of you know better. Some of the biggest problems I've ever had, I'll tell you, when it was all said and done, like uh, after I was like, well, I, I, knew, I knew you were right all along. Well, the Bible's right. Amen. And our flesh has never done anything but mess things up when you're, amen. But you, when you know right well there's things in your life that God's not pleased with. You know right well that you feel that guilt, you feel that shame, you, and you try your best to say, ah, oh, you know, ah, everybody battles, everybody struggles, everybody, nobody's perfect, hallelujah. Hey, God's trying to get a hold of you. God's trying to cleanse you and take you to a better level of sanctification, of holiness. Amen. You can't just keep excusing it when God, it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. Hallelujah. Sounds like a bunch of kids in a schoolyard. Well, he did it too. He started it. What about them? Hey, God's dealing with you. Hallelujah. I was in my life. Well, go ahead and give God glory. That's all right. Amen. Can I tell you, I remember in my early years, there was uh, somebody in the church that I, I really looked up to. Praise God. And I know what it's like. I had to fight a battle. I said, you know what, God? I know what you're dealing with me, and I, there's some things in my life you want me to give to you and, and move on to better things. But you know what? He doesn't seem to have a problem with it. And that was a stumbling block. Amen. And it will be a stumbling block at times for other people. when you're. But you know what, God? I had to wrestle with a situation where I said, you know what, God? That don't matter at all. I have to have my own walk with you and work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. 
I can't justify myself. And I found out later that person was really dealing with it and fighting God. And, and, and after I made a step in the right direction, you know what? They started saying, you know what? I should have done that a long time ago. You're right in what you're doing. And it helped them. Amen. Can I tell you, praise God, it's... It, it's time we examine our lives and say no to sin, no to this world, no to the flesh, and yes to God's best. Not try to live in some comfort zone of mediocrity. Amen. But as much as we talk about this battle between our will and God's will, our flesh and the spirit, and uh, this, we, we'll tell you, that's that's really where the where the difficulty of the battle is because you know the devil's not your friend and it's easy it's easy to recognize but you think you're your best friend <laughs> we're living in a generation i'm not saying that you know we're, we're not pro self-loathing but i'll tell you what the idea of loving self being so central to this generation is its downfall I, I, i'm telling you thank god for god's love in your life Thank God for God's value that He puts on you. And we recognize that and thank God for it every day. But when you are number one and everybody... You know what? I've always heard joy is Jesus first, others next, and you yourself in the end. And that's where real joy comes from. When you learn how to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, become a servant to your neighbor, a servant to your wife, amen, a servant to your husband, a servant to the, those in the, around you in the house of God, amen, and you put yourself last, amen. Praise back God a long time ago back in I think it was the 70s there was a a, a big uh, a, a book that was going around a, 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 a biography of a of a of a football player that was a, a a Christian and the name of the book was I am third God's first everybody else comes next I'm third that used to be common knowledge I'm saying. Everybody understood being a Christian means I've got to decrease and he's got to increase. But I'll tell you today, hallelujah, we, we act like everything else. Everything is all about me and what I want and what I desire. Hey, that's the farthest thing from being like Jesus. And we can tell you this and tell you this and show you this in the scripture about their battle that, 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 of, of temptation, of, uh, of sin and the works of the flesh that are there in Galatians. But I, I want to spend the time today to talk to you about when it comes down to doing good, it's going to be a battle. When it comes down to how can I be the best in my home that I need to be, you're going to fight and say, hey, yeah, but what about me? Amen. I don't know how many times I remember it ringing in my ears, talking to somebody, say, hey, you're going to have to serve. You're going to have to take your will and crucify that will to be the wife you're supposed to be. And they say, hey, you know what? If I do that, I'll get railroaded. Hey, you'll be with Jesus. God will strengthen you and help you. I'm not talking about being railroaded. I'm talking about loving and serving and being more like God. And that's a husband for the wife as well. Oh, I'm the head. Hey, thank God for the order. But the Bible talks about loving as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And for you to be everything you ought to be, you're going to have to say no to your will. Amen. If you're going to be a parent, you're going to learn how to serve. Amen. If you're going to be a, a blessing to your mother and your father, you're going to learn how to serve. And everything in you is going to fight against that. 
doesn't surprise me when it's hard for you, but that's the first thing you've got to look at as being a child of God. Say, so oh, how can I minister? I, I didn't expect any of this, really, but, but I'm telling you, uh, how can I serve the community? You start in your home. You start with those people around you being a picture of Jesus Christ in that home. Amen. And that means there's going to be a fight in your spirit. You're going to have to pray like Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Amen. If you're going to build up your husband, build up your wife, love your children, you're going to have to fight your flesh in Gethsemane because you're going to want to say, hey, what about me? Hey, what about mine? Hey, what about what I like? God help me. Hallelujah. What have I got myself into? Praise the Lord. You're going to have to overcome your flesh. And if not, you say, well, I'm praying about it. Wait a minute. Fight it and crucify it. Amen. Mortify it. Crucify it is what the Bible says. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you this again. I said it recently. I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of people really mixed up in what prayer is. You know what? David was a man of prayer. We have a book of 150 songs. A lot of those were prayers of David. David was a praying man. He didn't say, hey, uh, uh, wow, there's a giant out there and he's defying God. Uh, don't interrupt me. I'm going to be in my tent praying. That's a cop out. Amen. Let me tell you this right now. I'm not saying don't pray, but some people saying I'm praying. I'm saying you're copping out. You're not going out there and facing that giant of your flesh and saying, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of myself. Amen. I don't have any excuse for acting the way I've acted. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how you crucify your flesh. Amen. It's going to be a battle that we all have to fight. Jesus was showing us in order to do the right thing and be the Savior... I'm going to have to do some things that are going to be against my will, my flesh, my comfort zone. Well, praise the Lord. You're looking at people around you that do things for God. It's not always easy. Amen. You know, it's kind of everybody chuckles because it is fun. It's, it's funny how we use this and say, well, you know, oh, you're so lucky your children are, are, uh, are well behaved. I was thinking the other day, uh, you know. How grandparents kind of do, I guess. Some of you might know. Hallelujah. I sound so old when I'm saying this. I know. But, uh, you know, I had a full-time job. And was a full-time pastor. And had five little ones. Amen. And no TV to set them in front of. No little screen. No medium screen. No big screen. Amen. Just be my babysitter. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not always easy. It's not fulfilling your will is what any of this book is about. It's about saying no to your will. And that's the hardest battle you'll ever fight. I know what I want. I can tell you right away, praise God, in a, in a generation that is all about the service of people. And, and, and I know what I like. But to be a leader, you've got to find out what is needed Amen. For others that you're serving. And every one of us is called. Praise God. To be doing our part. And you're going to have to overcome your will. To be what God wants you to be. And there's nothing else that's going to take the place of that. You can say, I pray. I speak in tongues. I see all the... Hey, you got to fight your flesh. And win that battle. 
to serve. The greatest act of service that was ever known, the one thing that we recognize as the the example of for God so loved the world he gave was preceded by one of the greatest battles in prayer over flesh and over will. Amen. And you're to be everything God wants you to be. Praise God. You're going to have to fight that battle. You're going to have to fight that that frustration that you're not getting your way all the time. That anger that says, this is what I want. But recognizing the Bible said, Jesus said, when you when you give, when you serve, when you love, in spite of your own life, you lose your own life for others. It's when you're really living. Amen. Why are people so excited to sing to a bunch of shut-ins? Why is that so exciting? Man, you know what kind of movies are out there? What kind of special effects they got going on? What kind of fun is going out to spending time with people out there on the street and trying to help them? Trying to reach out to somebody who's lost and hurting. What's fun? Come on, don't you? What do you guys don't understand? Fun? Living with purpose. That you can be a blessing to somebody else. You live your life miserable just saying, this is what I want from you. This is what I want from you. This is what I want from you. Taking, taking, taking. You're not living. The Bible says you're dead while you live because Jesus knows exactly what makes life. And when you start blessing people and helping people at your own expense, all of a sudden you feel fulfilled and satisfied because you know how to minister like Jesus. Galatians, the fifth chapter, puts it this way. Galatians 5. For you to be what God wants you to be, you're going to have to fight this fight of your will. What you want, what you like. This world owes you. I'm telling you, people, you, it's dangerous ground to sit in church and act like God owes you something. Act like you, you deserve an easy way. Act like everything ought to go your way. Have you read your Bible, what these people did? These guys said, I'd rather go in the lion's den and get eaten alive than change one bit of my prayer life. Amen. And God says these people, the world wasn't even worthy of them. And we get a little bump in the road and all of a sudden we shake in our fist at God and get angry. I'm telling you, that's so, so, so dangerous. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's so good. That is so good because it's not my battle against my will is not a defensive battle. It's me just making sure I'm engaged, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, living with God, being everything I need to be today, right now. When my flesh is getting strong, I'll tell you what the problem is. I'm not walking in the Spirit. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Look at this now. It's will. What I want comes against is against what the spirit wants. The spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to another. You know how sad it is to want nothing more than the will of God, a move of God, God's best in everybody's life. Have to fight with people's their will. You'll never. I'll never win that battle. 
because it's not only, we're not just on different pages. We're just in completely different books. I don't even know if they walked in the library. Because it's told to us very plainly that our will is contrary to the will of God. And until you can get in the spirit and start recognizing, hey, it's not about my, me, my will, what I want, but what's God, what's God doing? What's God want to do in my home? What's God want to do with my family? What's God want to do in my life? How's God want to use me? It's about serving and loving and fighting that battle. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever did. But when you win that battle, things are going to open up. For the flesh lusteth against spirit, spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things you would. Did you hear, hear that? You cannot do the things you want. Because your flesh is warring against the Spirit. But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. I know when the Lord is using this, when He's talking about this, sometimes He's talking about it in the context of some of His disciples fighting over who's greater. So the idea of greatness kind of sounds kind of ugly when you talk around that because, you know, they're trying to build themselves up. So greatness kind of... But we all ought to be the greatest we can be for the kingdom of God. I don't want that to steal the whole idea when the Lord says, who is the greatest among you? Who, who's the greatest? Don't spend your time trying to figure out your ranking and who's stronger than you, who's weaker than you, who's this and who's that. How does that have anything to do with anything about heaven? He that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. If you want to be everything God wants you to be, he showed us by his own example, washing their feet. Meeting that need, loving and serving. What's, is there anything at all that has any kind of value to say, you know what? Uh, you know, I want to be first. I want to be first. I want to wash their feet. I want to. Anybody else? Please don't let. It. That was a servant's job. And, and, and like I said, washing dirty feet. And Jesus said, when you do what I've done, happy are you. Somebody say happy. Happy are ye when you serve. But what? You're not serving some glamorous position. You're loving. You're meeting that need. You're crucifying. I don't want to do this, but this is what's best. I don't desire this, but this is God's will. Amen. I think most of us understand the battle that I'm talking about. If you want to take this out of context and you want to just... You know, dissect everything that I'm saying with, without an understanding of really what being a Christian is all about. It sounds horrible. Uh, you ne- I'm never going to get what I want, <laughs> is what you're saying. Oh, no. Not at all. You're going to get on a path that is truly full of joy and happiness, purpose and fulfillment. Amen. That God starts pouring out blessings in your life in such a way that you have, you're, you're living a, you're living a great life. Amen. You're blessed. Praise God to just be a part of what God is doing. Hallelujah. The greatest among you, Matthew 23, 11, 
shall be your servant. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. God said, you start having the heart and the mind of a servant. God's going to start working in a way that, that overcomes everything else in your life. Look at what Jesus, Philippians, I love this portion of scripture so much. Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Again, so often we have to mention Paul was in prison while he wrote this. Sometimes you don't recognize that the people who are laboring the most are fighting some, some of the greatest battles. You say, well, why does it look like they're doing so well if they're in the middle of a battle? Because that's, that's the, where the life comes from. That's where joy comes from. Not because everything's easy. Amen. You, you're not blessed because everything's going your way. I, I kind of kid about it, but I'm not really joking when I say so rarely as a child of God everything's going my way but we're living in this fallen world full of battles and full of devils and full of temptations and trials and we've got joy we've got peace not because all of a sudden God took away all my giants God took away all my the armies against me God took away all my battles of course not praise God but God gives me what I need hallelujah Paul says to them in verse 1, If there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy. That ye be like-minded. How can we be like-minded? I mean, seriously. If, If you just look on a natural level and just take a husband and a wife and say, Hey, just, uh, just think the same way, okay? Don't, don't have to say anything. What are you talking about? There's no way that a room full of any size of people, some of you put in a room by yourself, you're not going to be able to think like-minded, but just being the only one there thinking. So I, I, I don't think I love it. It's awesome. You, you just, you're all, you contradict yourself. Amen. But, We all have the same purpose. And how do we get there? When we all have God's kingdom in mind, with the same goal, we can have unity. That doesn't mean we always see it all the same way. In fact, that's our strength, if you'll allow it to be. You stop getting angry at somebody who doesn't see it the way you see it or have the same perspective. But you say, you know what? I need that perspective in my life. I need that help. That strengthens me. He said, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Here's the key. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Paul was able to say, this is Bible. So, it's truth. Paul said, I'm the least. 
I am unworthy to be even called an apostle. And when God put grace in my life, I labored more diligently than any of them. Because I didn't want the grace of God to be in vain. Amen. Paul didn't say, step aside, you guys. You're a joke. I'll take care of this. Paul said, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. That's what it said. I don't even deserve to be a part of this. But God showed me mercy. And because he showed me mercy, I have given everything. And God told him from the beginning, hey, guess what? I'm going to show you the great mighty way I'm going to use you to establish churches. No, he didn't. He said, I'm going to show you the things you'll suffer for my kingdom. Amen. I'll show you, you're going to be stoned. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be whipped. You're going to be stoned. You're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to lose friends. You're going to sit in dungeons. Amen. And you're going to do it for my namesake. And then they're going to take your head off. And everybody said, don't you realize if you go to Rome, they're going to, they're going to execute you. And he said, none of these things move me. I've got to just serve and help others, whether it's in a church with people that I love or if it's a guy who just beat me bloody till I pass out. I'm going to witness for the kingdom of God because I'm a servant. Hallelujah. I know. Help us, God. I think the problem a lot of times is pulpits who have created a celebrity class. Well, praise God. That's what they want to be. Be be. Be uh, their examples are celebrities. They're going to take their styles and and their bling and and try to be that great uh, motivational speaker and have that lifestyle and have everybody chanting there. Hey, I want to tell you something. That's that's failed you. When you come, I don't care where where you're at, what what meeting you're in. If the preacher's so spiritual, he doesn't have to worship. He doesn't have to get around and treat you like you're you're a human being that is worthy of the blood of Jesus, that he's better than you. He's not called of God. Amen. If they act like they're better than you, amen, they act like they're higher than you, they act like they don't have to work as hard as you do for revival, they expect you to shout and jump and roll on the floor, but you can stand back there and watch everybody, I'll tell you what, that's a lie. And it's not pleasing to God. And we can't get to a place where it's, it's, it's beneath us. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Amen. God help us. <laughs> Fulfill you, my joy, be like-minded, that nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to back up a little bit. Let not the, every man look on his own things, but every also on the things of others. I know I've, I've explained this to you before, but I've spent a lot of time recently talking about why you're so worried about what other people are thinking about you. But there is a balance to that. I want people to see that I care. I want people to see that I love them. I want people to see an example in me that they can count on and and be able to come and say, "Hey, what's? Why do you do the things you do? That matters to me. I am responsible for what I can do to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And so are you. So are you. 
Amen. It matters. It matters. Praise God. Let this mind be in you. Now, here's where we're going with this. And let this mind be in you. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. It's a, it's a mindset, if you will. Or rather, having your mind set on God's will for your life. What is that will? This mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. That was God with a form. God in the flesh, the image of an invisible God, is what the Bible says. The same God, that one God, amen, in humanity, in flesh, the image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because as man, he was still God, but yet still man. But look what he did. It would not have been robbery for Jesus to walk through. He did at times say, hey, before Abraham was, I am. You say, ah, does that really mean that that divine title of I am that I am that God revealed to Moses when Jesus said before Abraham was I am oh yes absolutely they knew what he said because they picked up stones getting ready to murder him for blasphemy to execute him amen when they said when he said I and my father are one they they said he blessed he, he who is man made himself to be God they knew what he said well, praise God. It was not robbery for him as a man to, to point to his divinity, but rather than spending all of his time saying, hey, God is with you. God is here right now. You need to listen to what I say. I'm God in the flesh, Emmanuel. It says he took on himself no reputation. He purposed. He made a decision took upon himself what? The form of a servant. That's Jesus. I don't deserve any of this. He didn't either. You're in good company. But when you stand up for your rights and say, hey, this is who I am or what, you are everything but a follower of Jesus. He made himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in the fashion of, as a man, humbled himself. Came obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Hallelujah. In order to be Christ-like, you must have a Gethsemane experience. What am I saying? You're going to have to come to a place where you recognize your will is fighting against the will of God in your life. Your, your, your wants, your desires are your worst enemy. And you're going to have to find a place. I can tell you. I can preach to you. I can dig in there and try to pick apart all the different things that come into your mind and in your head to try to pull you down and try to, when your flesh gets all worked up and riled up, but ultimately you're going to have to have a place where you fight that thing in prayer. Where you get to a place and you say, I'm done with this. I hate this. I hate how I act in the flesh. I hate how I'm just constantly uh, having uh, this, this battle and, and, and I, I need to get victory over it. I need to fight and win the battle over my will. 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Jesus himself had to pray in the garden saying, as a, as a, I, I believe more than anything as an example to our, he told them, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. And your flesh is what's going to give you the most problems. And when you say, I'm going to stand with you to the end, if you don't have victory over that flesh, you will fail when the time of testing comes. And you'll deny you even know me. If your flesh isn't crucified, if your will isn't fully submitted to God, you can do good one day. day just lose it God's going to help you do it. But don't ever just make excuse for it. Make it right. Make it right. And move forward with prayer. And fight this. God's going to help you win. God's given you everything you need to be an overcomer. But the hardest thing that we'll ever face is our own will. When we want... God says, hey, you wait on me. You trust me. You, you look at what I'm doing in your life and you serve. The greatest act of service was preceded by a battle. The selfless sacrifice of service. It's going to take a battle. Hallelujah. Let's go find a place to pray. special way and I believe the devil's fight fighting this message God's going to help you get victory God's going to help you get victory
say, God, I need you right now. I need you. You don't have to figure out how you got here. I'm never really too concerned about what you've done before you come to God. See, God's so much bigger than that. It doesn't matter the choices you've made or the things that people have done against you. It matters. Are you going to just Surrender your life fully to God and say, Lord, not my will, thine be done. I can't blame anybody for my life today but myself. Maybe there's some things that have just been pressed and imposed upon my life, but I have a choice to say, God, you're bigger than that today. And that is my choice. God, you're stronger than that today. And I choose to put my confidence in your strength. Lord, your will is better than mine. And I trust you today. And I'm going to seek your will above mine. That's a choice we all have to make. Choose this day, Joshua said, who you serve. Not just all the sin that's out there in the world. It's not all the things you can point at and say, hey, look at all those people sinning. But it's your will. Sometimes sitting in a church pew, your will. What I want over God's will. What I want for me rather than serving and loving and giving. Oh, help us, Lord. Lord, thank you for the great price you paid for us. Thank you for the love that you showed us. And help us to understand. Lord, that as you dwell in us, that we too will follow you in loving and serving and giving of ourselves. That that's where true life, true fulfillment, satisfaction comes from. To live in a life of service. Lord, bless your people. Bless each one. God, help us to hear it. To win the battle. To be selfless servants for you. Let's all stand. God, we thank you again for all you've done. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your help. God, we want to be effective for you. We want to do more of your will. And for that to happen, we've got to decrease and you've got to increase. Help us. Help us, Lord, to surrender to you. Bless each one now, I pray. God, keep us safe as we travel. Lord, keep us safe on these highways, God. And just bless the service this afternoon and this evening if you tarry God just work in great ways and we ask it all in Jesus name amen 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 God bless you church